Hi, it's Pete Lawler from The Australian. Thanks for listening to Cricket Etc. This podcast is made possible with the support of The Australian subscribers. Subscribers can hear new episodes first via The Australian app and access The Australian's cricket coverage and analysis on all devices. To view our range of subscription offers, visit theaustralian.com.au slash subscription. It's Gideon Haig from The Australian over here. And it's Peter Lawler from The Australian over here. And welcome to Cricket Etc., The Australian's cricket podcast. Uh, well, there is... There are no words really to describe exactly where we are, or they're not large or grandiloquent enough. We are in the yeah. world's biggest cricket stadium. Hang anyway, on a minute, there's three speaking. words. What's that? Narendra Modi Stadium. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We're actually, which end are we at? Are we at the Adani end? Or no, the Ambani we're, end? We're not at the Adani end, but we are at the end that used to be the Ambani end. Oh, the I end th- previously known as the Ambani end. Correct. Oh, the, it's the GDMC end now, yeah. isn't it? So, yeah. yes. Sorry to interrupt. Keep going. Mm, anyway, yeah. it's very difficult to take in the entire ground at a glance. It is everything that you've been led to expect, however. It is a little bit like, um, as Dan Christian and I agreed after he'd played here in the IPL, like a science fiction apocalypse. That was when it was empty. That was when it was empty. It's mostly empty now. Well, the apocalypse is quite bright and cheerful, really, isn't it? It's all (laughs) swathed in orange and blues. And (laughs) and I've never Mm. seen a more lush outfield, beautiful outfield. It is a magnificent outfield. And the outfield is an absolute credit to the curatorial staff. Yeah. It's the largest pitch square in the world, apparently. Largest pitch square. 11 pitches on it. And at the moment... Three are in consideration for the fourth test match. In a, hang on, three? Yeah. Mm. Isn't that what happened in indoor, Gideon? Do, it, it, you telling me that the curators prepare a smorgasbord of pitches until, for the Indian team, and that when the Indian team comes here, they're like Goldilocks trying out the chairs to find out which one's more well, comfortable? Well, we already know that's true. The truth. That's what the Gujarat Cricket Association is telling us, that they haven't <laughs> yet received their marching orders. That's exactly it. Yep. Apparently it's 60% chance that one over there will be used, mm-hmm. 40% that chance that one over there will be used, and the Aussies are thinking 110% chance that other one will be used. <laughs> three undercovers. It's mm. quite extraordinary, isn't it? Yeah. Where do they sit in relation to the sight screen? We're, we're slightly off-centre here. Yeah. So at the moment, we can see a sight screen that is at the moment uh, standing in as an advertisement yeah. for the forthcoming talent. Yeah. Uh, Narendra Modi, flanked by his close personal friend, Anthony, Anthony Albanese. Oh, that's on that... Uh, enormous billboard that I at first thought was a sight screen mm. but surely they're going to pull that down when the game starts I'd rather like the idea of it sitting there for the entire test match and the so, players being challenged to pick so, the ball so, out of out of Narendra Modi's saffron so, suit so basically at the southern end where a sight mm. screen should be right now is an enormous billboard with old mate and my, my old mate from Marrickville yes there uh, celebrating 75 yeah. years of friendship through cricket. Yeah, Albanese in a suit, uh, Modi in the sort of saffron sleeveless jacket, the mm. traditional one. So then you look up and it says in huge letters Narendra Modi Stadium. Mm. Then you look up again and you see Adani 
celebrated, the owners of the Carmichael mm. coal mine in Queensland, Indeed. among other things. Then you look up again, we get replicas of those uh, prime ministerial images yes. under what I'm assuming are the VVIP boxes. Yeah. It is... It is a party ten stories high. It is a party political broadcast with a test match attached. Incredible India mm. is the la- is the also celebrated up here. Well, this is the same venue that hosted the event known as Namaste Trump. Indeed, it did. So I'm going to dub this one Namaste Elbow. <laughs> Or G'day Modi. Yeah. G'day. No, that'll happen at the MCG. Because oh, okay. didn't they do... Um, they did Howdy Howdy Modi. Howdy in, Modi um, in, in Texas. Yeah, so yeah. We'll, we will need to have the um, Indian Prime Minister back at the MCG and have a G'day Modi. That'll be quite an event, mm. Gideon. We could... Well, yeah, now it's look. It's not uncommon for uh, for stadia in uh, India to be named after politicians or industrialists or administrators, but they normally wait till they're dead or at really? least um, their legacy is being passed on. Uh, old mate Ram Chandra Guha um, yeah. advised yesterday that he thinks it's the first time uh, a stadium this large has been. Uh, named for an elected Democrat. Isn't Ram Chandra a leftist, Gideon? I think he might be. <laughs> Look, I think he's yeah. just not a rightist. That's right, um, yeah. Yeah. But uh, that's certainly, if you open your mouth about this stuff, you get denounced, don't you, in this yeah. country? Gee, gee, it's a hostile horde that gets up you, if you dare look sideways at uh, mm. the Prime Minister. So it is in the tradition of the Foro Mussolini, um, of course, Hitler never got to build his stadium, did he? He, he had one planned in 1937. Yeah. Uh, Stalin had one planned as well, around about the same period. This is a peak period. <laughs> this is peak totalitarianism. And, uh, well, makes you feel all nostalgic, doesn't it, for the days of imperialist strongmen? Oh, I don't think I'd compare him to those blokes. You know that Hitler's Deutsche Stadion was meant to seat 400,000 right. people? Jeez. How many, do you re- how many do you reckon they would have had to bus in for an event there? Yeah, well, that was before mm. the IPL. But mm. uh, it's a bit rough comparing Modi to those guys, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, OK, well, all right. Um, but he is bringing in uh, some... Uh, workers and students, isn't he? Set, a, set aside eighty-five thousand seats. Well, well, from what we can, what, yeah, what we can glean, that's the situation. What we can glean. Yeah, yeah. Our, info, our, our information, and it has to come via Australia because you can't get any straight information in this no. country. Is that there's thirty thousand seats have been. I think they're excluded yeah, or they're something. they're unavailable. Unavailable. Yeah. That's the word. Yep. And eighty-five thousand set aside for, as you say. Uh, Local, local enthusiasts, local families. No, yes. eighty-five thousand. I remember the phrase now. Local families and students. Most people have families. I'm not sure that narrows the field down all that much. But I anyway, am, I yes. have one, and I'm missing them. Um, so that that led I, when I, I I was tipped off to that story when. Uh, Michelle Ryan, who's actually sitting over to our right, checking out her seat two days in advance of the test. God, she's one of the most dedicated cricket fans I've ever seen in my life. I don't know a test match where she's not sitting behind the bowler's mm. arm. I don't think there's a ground in the world where she doesn't know <laughs> which seat she wants. 
and do, and actually doesn't get it. But mm. she t- she tipped me off that the Australian fans couldn't get tickets right. for the first day. Right. So we wrote that story called a bit of a stir back at home. There was some lobbying from the Australian end, and uh, the local authorities have now released tickets for the. Um, for the first day, which is a good thing. You come this far, yeah. you should be able to see the first well, day of the cricket. Frankly, there won't be that many. And uh, they'll have to share the ground with about 50,000 police who are already here. The khaki-clad uh, police? Yep. What about that well-groomed German shepherd that was sniffing yeah. around? And I mentioned before the grass. That is the nicest grass I've it's ever been on. absolutely Do you know beautiful. what type of grass it is? You're a keen gardening fan, Gideon. Well, according to Wikipedia, it's Australian. Australian grass? Yeah. Get out! Yeah. Australian cooch. Is it cooch? Anyway, I'm sure well, there's some horticultural well, actually, expert so Australian out there cooch who can is, yeah. tell us what uh, what the surface is. It thrives in India. It's yeah. more at home in India than it is in Australia. It's the playing area here has enough room for 32 Olympic pools. Right. I don't know why you'd stick 32 <laughs> Olympic pools together. Maybe a pre-stage naval battle. Do you remember in uh, the old days where everything was like... The, the the best measure of volume was how many MCGs yeah, it yeah, could yeah, fill. Yeah. I remember we worked on the Sunday Age. Yeah. Sunday Age was obsessed with it. And Andrew Masterson was one day assigned to find out how many autumn leaves there are <laughs> in Melbourne. God, the Sunday Age used to disappear up its own ass back in the day. And Masterson actually got a uh, mathematician onto mm-hmm. the case to see how, how many autumn... How, how, what yeah. it was in relevance to the capacity of the MCG. I can't remember what it was, but you'd never fill this one with autumn leaves. Well, you'd get at least one MCG in here, wouldn't you? Oh, you'd get an MCG. It, you'd, you'd, you might get an MCG and a half. Well, you'd have 32,000 mm. bits left over, yeah, which is the size yeah. of a pretty ordinary cricket mm. station, isn't it? This was originally the side of Patel Stadium, yeah. and Australia has played here in the past. They yeah. played here in the... Uh, finals of the World Cup in 2011. Um, Dirk Nannis was reminiscing of the fact that he was an onlooker in that game before. But uh, but Sada Patel was knocked down oh, about 2015-2016 and, uh, and the Gujarat Cricket Association began to work on this. I mean, it's... It's stirring. It's um, it's powerful. It's it's impressive. It'll be amazing with people in it. Yeah. I'm not sure how many are going to stick around because it gets bloody hot well, later on, and not all the seats um, have uh, decent cover. Well, it's got that sort of sense, almost like an inverted or concave cathedral mm. sort of sense yeah. to it, doesn't it? Why don't we come back after break and talk about some cricket? That's a good idea. Let's do that. G'day, it's Matty Johns here from the Matty Johns Podcast. Now, each week on a Wednesday, I'm going to talk rugby league, bringing listeners to the very latest from the NRL, including insight analysis from one of the sharpest minds in the game, Cooper Cronk. Plus, on Fridays, we'll bring you inside the Johns family household. When I googled electric eel, it came up with the most frequently asked questions. First one was, can I power my house with electric eels? (laughs) Whether it's uh, NRL or laughs, there's something in this podcast for everyone. Search for the Matty Johns Podcast wherever you get your podcast and we're back on cricket etc uh there is a cricket match attached to this political rally and it's a big match it's a, it's a match actually worthy of the stadium in a way uh with the series poised 2-1 in india's favor and uh australia with the opportunity to square the border gavaskar trophy if they um if they play as well as they can and of course india in front of its own Prime Minister in a 
politically loaded event, they're under no pressure at all, are they? <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. All, all the pressure is on the home side mm. now. It is really interesting. This this series has been flipped on its head, mm. much like like the results have been flipped on the head in that they've all gone against the tops. Mm. Yeah. By cooking those pitches, by making making decks which only yes. sort of allow for two and a half days cricket, sort of decks net where the Australians are talking about 30 is a good score. Yeah. It takes um, the toss out of play, doesn't it? Yeah, we yeah. found ourselves in this position. And look, looking out there now, I mean... Is it two days? I've lost all track of time, Gideon. Yeah. The, yes, they, two, two days hence. That's yes. not that baked clay. Two more sleeps. Well, that's that, not that soft mm. baked clay we're used no. to. That, this is a more sedate looking pitch, isn't mm. it? it is. In fact, you wouldn't mind sort of Cummins back in your 11 here. Yeah, uh, maybe. Yeah. I reckon, I actually reckon looking at that, that Scott Boland might get a game in, in, yeah, okay. in this game. Yeah. So who are you leaving out of the Australian 11? Well, you have to drop one of the one of the spinners, and you, you do, make the decision you? yourself on most immediate yeah. form. It's Kuhneman, but Murphy's been outstanding too. And uh, sorry, so I'm not saying sorry. On most immediate form, you leave Kuhneman in, yes. and they do like the one that turns the other way. Yeah. But Murphy's been good too. But one of them's got to make way, don't they? If if you play Boland and. And looking at those decks, unless mm. they get cooked over the next couple of days, yeah. I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking Boland. But yes. maybe maybe Green can bowl enough overs. Maybe Green and Stark yes. can bowl enough overs and between And Lance them. Morris, of course, is still here. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be um, an interesting move. That'd be It'd bold. be a turn-up. Yeah. yeah. But he does bring uh, superior airspeed. To, uh, to the Australian attack and they might want it if the pitch is very, very flat. Anyway, all possibilities in play. I guess the top six will stay pretty much the same. India, what about India? I suspect they won't change very much from the last test match. Shubman Gillard only just come in, so he deserves another opportunity. The uh, hard to drop Axar Patel, even though he's only taken one wicket in three test matches, considering he's the most reliable batsman in the Indian order. Yeah, Look, frankly, it's I've forgotten all about the cricket since I got here. <laughs> kind of wiped my brain with that train journey. Mm. So yeah, I'll uh, turn my mind to the cricket tomorrow. Hey, um, the feedback's been fantastic from the the podcast about yes, the train. Yeah. Um, thank yeah. you everybody for yeah. that. It's uh, not nice to get some sort of uh, what is it confirmation of what you do affirmation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Very kind people that listen to this podcast. Look, we did have a great time, yeah, no we, doubt about we it. We are almost, having a great time, mate. We are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Although interesting um, contributions to the top twenty for uh, train songs. Yeah. Did well, you get some feedback on that? I, I got did. a few. I got a few excellent suggestions. Yeah, me too. Maybe yeah. we'll get back to them tomorrow because I don't have them in front of me today. Oh, okay. Oh, unless well, you want to. All right. Well, you do it, and I'll just try and find mine. But well, I think you came up with all down the line, didn't you? And uh, the Rolling Stones did yeah. do a did do a good train song. It's been pointed out to me. They did that. Uh, they did a cover of Robert Johnson's "Love in Vain." Uh, they did "Silver Train." Chuck mm. Berry. I mentioned um, "Love in Vain" on the pod, yeah, didn't I? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. "Night Train" by Steve Winwood. Very good mm. suggestion. Now I've um, now I've. <laughs> acquainted myself with it. Uh, Chuck Berry wrote uh, "Let It Rock." Yes, and because I, I meant to use uh, that. Chuck, I was actually talking about Chuck Berry when we were putting yeah, top that's ten right. together, yeah, and I forgot yeah, all about yeah. it. Johnny, be good. Yes, used to carry his yes. guitar in a gunny yeah. sack and sit right yeah. down at the railroad track. Blah, and "Let blah, It blah, Rock" blah. is actually written from the perspective of a railway worker. 
Uh, yep. Foreman Jeff. wants to panic, about to go insane, trying to get the workers out the way of the train. Engineer blows the whistle loud and long, can't stop the train, got to let it roll on. And there's, of course, that uh, whole, uh, almost the entire album of Billy Bragg and Joe Henry at train songs, because yep. it's recorded with them travelling around on trains and stopping mm-hmm. in train waiting rooms. Jeff Atkinson who uh, sent me one on Insta, says, train to nowhere, Charlie Musselwhite. Station to station, David Bowie, very funny. Um, <laughs> and he forgot Ozark Mountain Daredevils. <laughs> Ozark Mountain Daredevils, chicken train. Good stuff, mate. I can't believe that we, mm. uh, that we overlooked uh, Strangers on a Train by the Sports. Oh, thank you, Andrew. Thank you very much to our erstwhile colleague, Andrew Faulkner. And we actually we were moved to play that in the hotel we room were, the other day. Yeah. What a great it song. It is a great song. Stephen Cummins' vocals in that are fantastic. Andrew Pendlebury on the guitar. And um, Armager. Yes, yeah. Is He's it the inspi- other guitarist. Is it yeah. inspired by the Patricia Highsmith novel and uh, the Hitchcock movie? Can't tell you, kids. Can't well, tell you. Yep. I said the line... I said you could help me on a certain matter. That mm. does sound a little bit reminiscent of the of the Highsmith scenario. Yeah. Uh, my favourite one, though, has come in from old mate Wilson Neat, uh, who mm. is the author of the outstanding book on wire, read and burn, and, uh, and also the 33 and a third uh, on pink flag. He reminds me of, uh, of The Other Window, which is a track on... Uh, uh, wires one five four, where the protagonist uh, takes his seat on a foreign train. Thought it pleasant to travel again. Mm. Mindful of the journey's end, he read again the letter from his friend. There you go. Yeah, he looks there out the go. window for the thousandth time, and he saw the black horse fighting for its life. Um, fantastic song, fantastic record. Yeah. Uh, Nineteen seventy nine, the the third. Uh, part three of that trilogy of great wire albums, starting with Pink Flag and, and continuing with Chairs Missing, song by uh, by Bruce Gilbert. All right, we don't on songs because yeah. there's something else I wanted to just mention before we go. Go ahead. Um, it's on. The, uh, sorry, it's not on the running sheet, kids. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> on. Um, we had some really sad news overnight. Ah, uh, uh, yes. Uh, S. Dinica, the uh, yes. cricket correspondent for the Hindu, um, was found. Unfortunately, dead in his hotel room. Um, Dinica and I go back to 2004. I remember him on the first tour of India. A unique character, sunglasses, cap. Never even never takes the sunglasses offside. Slightly stooped, and I saw him, I even saw him at the World Cup last year. And I thought I haven't seen him in the yeah. first first test of this series. First two tests of this series. Then we were getting on the tr- when we were sitting on the plane in Chennai when we skived off to do something else this very familiar figure got got on and sat down and thought, oh my god it's old mate Dinica yeah, so I went yeah, up yeah. for a chat and um, said you're doing the test of course I'm doing the test but he didn't look great I gotta say and yeah. I thought you look like you should be home not at the test um, and unfortunately it, it turned out uh, that he wasn't great at all and mm. Dinica's died on the road he was due to fly to um I'm going to add today, the Indian media is very upset about this mm. because he has been a presence in their cricket box for at least two decades. I only see him intermi- intermittently and I'm a little upset by it. Um, so, 
you know, travel well, Dinica, and look, our thoughts are with all of his friends and his family. Um, nothing, nothing worse, and I reckon, than a die in a hotel room. Oh, it's a journalist death, tour. though, isn't it? It's going yeah, to that big tour in the sky. Some musicians, mate, and yeah, one of my great fears. Anyway, let's get this test match out of the way, um, and let's end on a cheery note. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's going to be fascinating. Yeah, Looking forward to it good. once again. Yeah. Uh, we'll be back again tomorrow to uh, to do a s- update our preview on cricket, etc. But uh, but hang in there. It's going to be a fascinating week or so in uh, in Ahmedabad, in Modi country. In the meantime, from cricket, etc. It's goodbye from me, and it's good night from him. The podcast Faith on Trial looks into Hillsong, both in Australia and the U.S., and takes both the listener and hosts on unexpected twists and turns in the story of Brian Houston and the singing preachers. There are two incidents involving Pastor Brian. The Australian journalists uncovered a litany of alleged criminal behavior in the megachurch. Financial gifts were being given to the leaders of the church. Listen to Faith on Trial Hillsong ad-free on Crimex Plus on Apple Podcasts today or wherever you get your podcasts.